0: Hello, and welcome to the Agiostos. My name is Bill Dykstra. Today is May 2nd, and we commemorate St. Athanasius the Great, Patriarch of Alexandria. For some of you already familiar with the the Byzantine calendar, you might be thinking, hey, I thought St. Athanasius' commemoration was in January. The answer is, yes, you're correct. As to why that is, St. Athanasius has two feast days. It's because... I, I actually don't know. There are a few saints who are acknowledged on more than one day. If you know the reason, feel free to let me know. Um, but let's get on with the story. Athanasius was born sometime at the close of the 3rd century. Being born in Alexandria, Athanasius would inherit and pass on a theological school native to his home, originating with Clement and origin of Alexandria. The Alexandrian school adopted the language of Neoplatonism to articulate the revelatory truths of the gospel. Athanasius left his mark upon his own tradition, being considered father of the church for his contribution in theological debates and church leadership. Athanasius was born to wealthy parents and was therefore afforded a fine secular education, yet his calling to serve the church would soon come. One day, while Athanasius was playing baptism on the beach with his friends, the bishop of Alexandria, Alexander, took notice and called for the children, The bishop had been waiting for his guests to arrive for breakfast, and he had noticed that, though the children thought themselves to merely be mimicking the ritual of baptism, they had truly performed the sacramental acts according to the rubrics. The baptisms were legitimate. Athanasius had been playing the role of bishop and was cautioned by Bishop Alexander to cease, quote, pretending, for he had now baptized individuals who were not truly catechized, the bishop, noting the promise in what he saw, sent the children to be educated for the preparation for the priesthood. A watershed moment in the history of the early church was the Arian controversy, taking its name from its main proponent, Arius. Arianism was the belief, in short, um, that the Trinity, the Father and the Son, were e- not equal to one another. The debate first began in Alexandria between Arius and Athanasius' mentor, Alexander, the issue from their spread. The empire became divided with conflicting Christologies. In a move previously unheard of, Emperor Constantine called for a church council in 325 to put this situation to rest. Athanasius, at this time a deacon, accompanied Alexander to the council as his secretary. Officially, the council should have ended the controversy. The original Nicene Creed established by the council identified Christ as quote, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father. It also anathematized Arius and his followers. The dispute in the empire was far from resolved. Athanasius, who only a few years later became the successor of Alexander as patriarch, would spend the rest of his days championing the cause of Nicaea. The Arians were desperate to depose and disgrace Athanasius. Eventually, they accused Athanasius of, among other things, murdering a fellow bishop, Arsenius, and using his severed hand for witchcraft. John Arcaf, bishop of Memphis, had paid off Arsenius and placed him in a monastery. As a means of resolving the situation, Constantine invoked the Synod of Tyre in 335. In a cinematic moment, Athanasius had inquired to the council fathers if they had known Arsenius personally. When they all affirmed that, yes, they did, a cloaked man came into the senate hall. He removed his hood. It was Arsenius. He elevated both of his perfectly intact hands and said, Let no one seek for a third hand, for man has received two from the Creator and no more. This was not the end for Athanasius' troubles. At various points, about six times, he was exiled from his own sea. Athanasius is also remembered for being a great teacher and theologian. His classic work of theology is entitled, On the Incarnation, where he explains, For what profit would there be for those who were made if they did not know their maker? Or how would they be rational not knowing the word of the Father in whom they came to be? For they would not have differed at all from the irrational creatures if they had known nothing more than the terrestrial animals. And why would God have made those by whom he did not wish to be known? So, lest this should happen, being good he bestowed on him of his own image, our Lord Jesus Christ, and made them according to his own image and according to his likeness, so that, understanding through such grace the image, I mean the word of the Father, they might be able to receive through him a notion of the Father, and knowing the Creator, they might live the happy and truly blessed life. Reaffirming Athanasius' argument, Khalid Anatolios, a Catholic theologian, states the following, When humanity lost its stability, which depended on remaining in a state of being according to the image, The Incarnate Word repaired the image of God in humanity by reuniting it with his own divine imaging of the Father. Jesus Christ is therefore both eternal divine image and restored human image. Thanks for listening to these brief snapshots of Athanasius' life and thought. If you would like to get to know Athanasius better, consider picking up on the Incarnation. It's brief and unintimidating. When reading it for the first time, C.S. Lewis said, I I soon discovered I was reading a masterpiece. Thanks for listening. This has been your daily dose of agios. St. Athanasius, pray for us.